athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Thank you for joining me here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. I am your host, Donald Ware. We got a lot to get to on today's program. Gonna look at week seven in HBCU football. We've got to talk about the kerfuffle between Eddie Robinson and Deion Sanders after the Alabama State-Jackson State game last Saturday. A little bit of a, a push away by Eddie Robinson of Deion Sanders. So I'm going to get into it a little bit. Not a whole lot, but a little bit today here on the program. I have some on it and I have some thoughts on a lot of what people aren't talking about in terms of what happened between Alabama State and Jackson State. So we're going to get into that today on the program. It's the midway point of the HBCU football season. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to give you my top five players at the midway point, And I'm going to also give you my top five teams at the midway point as well. Well, last week, I believe I went one and one in my picks. I did pick Florida A&M over South Carolina State. I believe I picked Virginia State over Bowie State, but Bowie State won that football game. And of course, if you remember, if you heard the show last week, we had actor Michael Ely on the show and he was one and one in those picks. He picked Florida A&M. He also picked uh, well, not in those picks. We had him to pick Florida A&M and South Carolina State. We also had him to pick between Tuskegee and Morehouse. And uh, he ended up picking Morehouse, but Tuskegee won that football game. And by the way, Tuskegee is playing some really good football. Going to have a lot to say about the SIAC's Western Division, but that Eastern Division is stacked. And one of the games we're going to preview Today, oh, well, I'm gonna, I, I, I'll, I'll let you know. I, I will let you know once we preview those games, maybe multiple HBCU national games of the week that we're going to preview on today. So we're starting to see uh, some of those games in HBCU football become uh, really, really big. Uh, we saw on last week, I mean, I think Bowie State's victory over Virginia State was huge. Because, again, I think the winner of, it's going to come down like this, I think. The winner of the CIAA's Northern Division is either going to have no losses, at least in the division. Because remember, right now, Bowie State has a loss in the conference. It's a intra, They had an intradivisional loss losing to Shaw. Uh, but it's going to come down, I mean, Virginia State, even though, with the loss still in this thing because Virginia State and Virginia Union still have to play. But you could have a situation where we have a three-way tie. Uh, but I think 
I, I, it's either going to be Union. Well, can't really say that it's going to be an undefeated team at this point because I think Bowie State still has a very good shot, especially with a victory over Virginia Union uh, on Saturday. Because let's look at it from this vantage point. Bowie State is play, has played its toughest games, right? So it still has, you know, Elizabeth City State. It still has Shawan, which is, isn't an, an, an easy one. It still has Lincoln. But, I mean, you you have already played Virginia State and would have played Virginia Union if Bowie State beats Virginia Union. Again, it's not as difficult a schedule ahead of it, unlike a Virginia Union and a Virginia State who still have to play each other so it's plenty of football left to be played and we're obviously going to break it down a little bit for you today here on box to row on espnu radio on sirius xm had a chance to be in baltimore last weekend it was homecoming at my alma mater morgan state and it was a I, i had let me tell you i had a blast it was uh me my wife, my daughter went, we tailgated, met a couple of uh, Morgan alums, and then, of course, uh, the football game was a really good football game, one in which Norfolk State, and that was, you talk about a conference game, the opening conference game in the MEAC. Norfolk State was up 17-7. to Morgan State came all the way back. As a matter of fact, took a 21-17 to lead with about two minutes remaining in the game, but Norfolk State drove down the field about six or seven plays, got into the end zone with about six seconds remaining with the backup quarterback to preserve uh, that victory. So now if you're Morgan State, one loss, now two losses down uh, in the loss column with the loss to North Carolina Central. So, I mean, Morgan State pretty much out of the race for a MEAC crown, but still plenty of football left to be played because Morgan is building uh, a program there And so, uh, you know, I think Damon Wilson is doing a really good job there at Morgan State. But I had a wonderful time at the at Morgan State's homecoming. I got to give a big shout out to Lamont, Germany. And those that may have listened to um, uh, may have listened to MLB radio on Sirius XM or I can't remember the the actual name uh, of it, but he used to be one of the hosts on that. Well, he's he is the voice of. Morgan and everything that I learned about radio I learned from him well he got inducted into the varsity M club or what amounts to the Morgan State University Athletics Hall of Fame this past weekend and I had a chance to to visit with him I had a chance to visit with Renard Stubbs I was a student when those two gentlemen uh, Renard and and, uh, Lamont Germany has been the voice of Morgan now 40 years but uh, Renard was there at the time. He had left for a little while, then has come back. Um, but just visiting with them and and really listening to Lamont do football games when I was in the press box uh, on Saturday, it just made me realize what it is, what a privilege it is to do a couple of things. Number one, bring this program to you each and every week. We've been doing it for in excess of 17 years but then also a privilege to be to call play-by-play if you've listened to this program for those don't know I am the play-by-play voice for North Carolina A&T football this is my seventh season and I enjoy doing it as a matter of fact speaking of of North Carolina A&T and Sirius XM 
game going to be North Carolina A&T is hosting Edward Waters tomorrow. The game is going to be on Sirius XM. Uh, I can't remember the channel. I think it's maybe 386, but you can get the game on the Sirius XM champ, uh, uh, the Sirius XM app, that is. But even beyond that, there are, te- there are teams, programs, Tennessee State, Norfolk State, Jackson State. Uh, there are others that are broadcast on Sirius XM each and every week, a consortium of HBCU programs that can be heard. The play-by-play can be heard each and every week on Sirius XM and the Sirius XM app. So I invite you to, in fact, check that out. Okay, so, and, and of course, if you want to participate here on box to row on ESPNU Radio, on Sirius XM, hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O, R-O-W, also on my personal Twitter account, at dware one at dware one So, now, midway point of the season, let me give you my top five. First, I'll start off with my top five teams in HBCU football. At number five, I've got Benedict. Benedict is undefeated right now uh, on the season. has got a, a big, a monster game tomorrow Going to be at Albany State, but Benedict has really gotten it done. Um, I think uh, Chennis Berry, the head coach, has done a really good job. This is his second season. I mean, if you remember going back to Mike White a couple of years ago, uh, Benedict was, uh, lost every game. I believe it was 0-10 on the season. Enter Chennis Berry, 5-5 and last year, and now 6-0 and this year. And Benedict is ranked number two in the HBCU Division II coaches poll, powered by Box to Row, also ranked, I can't remember if it's 9 or 10, in the HBCU media poll as well. So I've got Benedict at number 5. I've got Albany State at number 4. Uh, Albany State's defense is the truth. Um, and they're the, the defending SIAC champions. Uh, Albany State at number 4. At number 3, I've got Alcorn State. Three straight wins. And, uh, you know, again, started the season off slow, but had – you know, a couple of tough opponents, including Tulane, but it's really kind of come around. It's got a special running back that I'm going to talk about a little bit uh, l- uh, later on or, or momentarily, I should say. Number two, I've got North Carolina Central. Um, I, I don't think we talked about the win that the Eagles had over the uh, over New Hampshire. It was top 25 at the time. That was a big win, and people weren't really talking about how big a win that was. And then you see the 59 points. Uh, 58, 59 points that North Carolina Central put up against Morgan State last night. Game was televised on ESPN2. Number one, Jackson State, without a shadow of a doubt, undefeated on the season, ranked high in the FCS poll. What can you say? Jackson State is getting it done. There's no doubt Jackson State is number one. Okay, for my players, and I got a tie for number five, Bayshaw Tootin of A&T. Man, he's getting it done. He's got five, what is it, four straight games of 100 yards or more running, including against North Dakota State and Duke. I mean, this kid is getting it done. First two games, uh, no touch. Uh, first three games, no touchdowns. The last three games, or two games, he has five total touchdowns. He's averaging well in excess of 100 yards a game. He's getting it done. Number uh, tied is Emmanuel Wilson, the running back, 
from Fort Valley State. This kid is unbelievable going back to his days at Johnson C. Smith, the leading rusher in the SIAC. At number four, I've got Jada Byers of Virginia Union. Six games in, already over 100 yards. Why do you think, in part, Virginia Union is 6-0 on the season? At number three, I've got Jarvian Howard, the running back for Alcorn State. He's absolutely unbelievable, a transfer in from Syracuse. And this is the thing about it. Head coach Fred McNair likened him, I'm not saying compared, but likened him to an Earl Campbell. Think about that. And number two, B.J. Davis, linebacker for South Carolina State, all over the field, makes all the tackles. He's the next one in. You know, Javon Hargrave or Shaquille Leonard coming out of, of uh, South Carolina State, that's going to have a, a, a good shot and a good career, I think, in the National Football League. Number one, Shador Sanders, the quarterback for Jackson State. He's completing 73% of his passes. His touchdown to interception ratio is 17 to 2. He is absolutely unbelievable. One of the best players in the country. So that, that's my look at the midway point. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Up next, we're going to be joined by Southern head football coach Eric Dooley. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Come on, you watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. <laughs> Good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. 800-450-1452. 800-450-1452. That's 800-450-1452. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Yeah, yeah, this is Mellow as Smooth. So it's only right that I say something right. It was a Friday, and I was on the scene getting wizard which is a daily routine. Cruising with Dominique. Let's continue here on the program. We're joined by a gentleman in his first season as the head football coach at Southern. The Jaguars currently ranked number seven in the HBCU coaches poll, number nine in the media poll, a Big, big showdown on Saturday uh, as Old Corn State comes to the bluff. 
And I'll tell you what, this is a big SWAC Western Division showdown. Eric Dooley's the head football coach at Southern. Prior to that, he was the head football coach at Prairie View A&M for four seasons as he joins us here on the program. What's going on, Coach Dooley? How you guys doing? Doing great. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate uh, the time. I want to I want to start here. I want to get your thoughts. Five games into the season, the Jaguars are three and two. Your thoughts on the way your football team is playing? Well, you know, I, I think the last two games uh, uh, we've been playing the way that I anticipated us playing. Uh, I, I thought we got off to a great start. Uh, of course, we didn't um, didn't play a swack opponent, but I thought we got off to a great start. I think I made a huge mistake. Uh, in our first game because I played our starters uh, just one quarter, and that didn't give them near about the time that they needed to, to knock some rust off or, or get that rhythm going. So uh, that was on me right there. But, you know, sometimes you just try not to keep guys in there too long because you don't want any uh, type of injuries. But this is a contact sport, and that's going to happen. And then I thought we moved on to uh, play a, a, a tough LSU team, but uh, I saw the team fighting, and, and that was a good uh, fixture for us. Uh, and then we played a tough uh, Texas Southern team, which I always say that, you know, in this conference here, there's, there's no, no doormats. you got to be prepared to play. i got a lot of great football teams in this conference. But I, I just didn't think we played our best football that time. It just was a little different. But at the end of the day, uh, you got to be ready any given day. And I thought we made some – we came back and uh, made some adjustments uh, against the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, which we know is going to be the tough opponent, uh, great coach there, as well as going to uh, Purdue. We know that was going to be tough on – I'm going to play a team that I, that I once coached and uh, going back to the same place where it was. So we know it's going to be tough. I know it had a lot of great athletes still there. You know what's interesting? Why the, the, the big turnaround? I mean, it, it, I mean I, I, and I get it. And that's why coaches say you got to respect the opponent. You can't take anyone lightly, as you said, because I think we were all shocked to see you lose that game 24 to nothing to Texas Southern. We know Texas Southern can put points on the board, but you can put points on the board as well. So what was the difference between the Texas Southern game and then the next week against Arkansas Pine Bluff where you put 59 points on the Golden Lions? Well, you know, I, I think we settled down. And, and you know, we, we had some uh, – we moved the ball uh, against Texas Southern. We just didn't put it in the end zone. You know, we had a couple – uh, that was called back. Uh, that's neither here or there. You got to make it. The, the best way to make sure it's a touchdown. You have no flags down and get the ball to the referee. Now there's no question to be asked. But I, I think they capitalized off some things that we did uh, against them. Had some turnovers, and you can't beat no team with turnovers. We had multiple turnovers, but we settled down, and, and it wasn't something that we thought we had to make a drastic change. We just had to correct Southern University, and that was to go back and and see the things that we do best. And, and I think the the, the 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 players bought into that and knew what what was at stake, and so they just been playing. You know, I uh, just got to keep that momentum going because this league right now, you, you can't lose many games and, and expect to be standing tall in December. Of course, Basan McCray, your quarterback, the HBCU National Player of the Week, completed 16 of 22 passes, 275 yards. He had two touchdowns, also rushed for 85 yards and two touchdowns in the victory over Prairie View A&M. That was on the road. Uh, also, your thoughts in terms of the way that he played in this football game. Is this a breakout game for him? And, and do you expect, you know, is his trajectory starting to change towards these type of football games going forward? He, You know, he's progressing. Uh, I think he, he's still uh, – we still got him working, uh, working progress because some of the things that we want to see, uh, the young man has a lot of talent, and we do know that. 
So we just want to put him in the best position uh, to be able to make those plays, and I think he's starting to see it for himself. I, I think the game has slowed down tremendously tremendously for him uh, with the things that he's doing. So we just got to uh, command a little bit more and, and just continue to, to let his talent take over and, and, and involve the guys that's around him because we feel that we do have some talent that's around him. And speak to – I mean, obviously it's a game you're going back to Prairie View A&M uh, where you coached for four years. It's a big game. You coached a lot of those guys on the other side. Speak to the – you know, it got a, got a little bit chippy there before the game even started. Well, you know, you, you're talking about you got young men and, and you never know what, what the situation uh, took place or what have you, uh, things right there. Uh, and a lot of those guys played against each other, played with each other. So, you know, it was never uh, – I thought it was – uh, was going to be real, real serious where a lot of things had to get involved, but it did. And, you know, uh, those things was correct. And as you see, uh, we went on to play the game. It was a clean ball game. Uh, you know, everyone came in. And, and, and then, you know, at the end of the game, uh, yeah, just for precautions, we, uh, we, they went to their locker room and we went to ours. But, you know, when the game was all over and we going to the bus, uh, you, you'd have thought that we, we were all on the same team. Those guys was shaking hands and talking, you know, and just had a, a, a great uh, a game, a, a hard-fought game. That the voice of Eric Dooley, the head football coach at Southern, as he joins us here on the program. Uh, I want to get back to Basan McCray and, and, and sort of how he's uh, come in. He transferred in. He's got transferred in. Um, he's, he's a sophomore. Uh, but your thoughts, because he wasn't the starting quarterback necessarily coming into the season, but he was able to earn the job. He did. Uh, we were able to get him here in the spring, so that, that helps him out a great deal. Uh, Rishon is a guy that I've been knowing for some while. I've been recruiting him, uh, tried to get him at another place. Uh, he just decided to go back because we had that COVID year. Uh, so he did go back to, uh, to junior college and played. And, and, and I know going to a new place, I knew we had to get someone that we were familiar with, although I thought Southern still had some good quarterbacks that was here. Uh, but we, we brought him here. Uh, to compete with the other guys, you know, nothing is given to anyone. You got to be able to compete, and uh, and we just got to put the best guy out there. We, we believe in competition every day. What did you see from your guys in the LSU game? I I, I mean, I, I know that the two teams have played. It seemed like it had been a while. It just seemed like it'd be a natural game to play. You know, every so often, maybe once every three years. I mean, for you guys, in terms of a guarantee, it's a line item transfer in ex in essence when you're talking about the state of Louisiana and you guys are right there in, in, in Baton Rouge. But what did you see from your guys and also speak to being able to play a team right in your own city, such as LSU? Well, you know, they was up for the challenge. Not only were they up for the challenge, I also noticed that uh, uh, there wasn't going to be no, no, no quitting those guys. Those guys were going to fight for 60 minutes, uh, regardless of the talent of who we were playing. So those guys hung in there and fought for 60 minutes. And at that point in time right there, I knew what type of football team we had. I knew what type we had going into it, but it just was proven that, uh, you know, the score would never indicate that, but those guys fought for 60 minutes and they, they didn't back down from the challenge. Your defensive end, Jason Dumas, came over with you from Prairie View A&M to now Southern. He's one of the top players uh, in HBCU football in the FCS uh, on last year. What has he brought to the table to this point? He, he, he brought a, a, a workman attitude. You know, he, he's a young man that's going to work. And then he brought leadership. You know, he's been play, he took so many snaps within uh, this conference, and every, everybody knew who he was. So it's always good when you're going against certain guys that, that played against you 
but he just brings that leadership uh, uh, on and off the field, you know, and, and a guy that you can respect. So uh, I, it's a huge difference with him in the ball game, no question. We know about Bashan McCray. How has this defense played for you so far through five games? I, I think they're playing some good defense. I, I still want them to be a little bit more stingy. Uh, they, they have to some things that we have to correct that I think uh, Coach Miller is doing a great job with with those that, with that defense. And I, I think we still got some um, some plays that we can make. Uh, the defense understand uh, what we're looking for, and and they're up to the challenge. I can't say that. Alcorn State comes to the bluff. On Saturday, it's a big-time football game. Uh, first place in the uh, SWAC's Western Division right there. Uh, your thoughts, what are some of the uh, challenges that the Braves present? Uh, it's going to be a huge challenge. You're talking about a team that's coming uh, with a winning pedigree, a team that under- that culture there, they understand how to win. Uh, and-, and then they're bringing some experience back. So, And you're talking about a veteran coach that's been in this uh, conference, played in this conference, and coached in this conference for sight. For quite some time and, and had a lot of success so uh we, we it's a huge challenge that's coming up and we do understand that yeah how are you settling in you know five games in midway through the season how are you settling in to your new digs there at southern well you know it was a it was it was easy for me to uh to be able to settle in you know i tell folks all the time uh yeah i thought it was a natural fit because i, I did 14 years of, of my coaching career here at southern university so it was like coming home. Everybody said it was a natural fit, but it wasn't just a natural fit. It was, my steps was ordered. Um, I, I'm a praying man. I'm a family. We are a praying family, and we prayed my steps was ordered here, and this was my new assignment to come here. So uh, so with that being said, uh, just being obedient and doing what the Lord said, I, I I can look over my shoulder and know that it's going to be some, some challenges, but uh, I'll be able to overcome it because I know why I was sent here. Again, the Southern Jaguars 3-2 and two on the season 7 in the HBCU coaches poll, 9 in the HBCU media poll, a home tilt on Saturday as Alcorn State comes to Baton Rouge. Eric Dooley, in his first season as the head football coach of the Jaguars, joins us here on the program. Coach Dooley, appreciate your time. Good luck to you, or continued success, I should say, to you and the Jaguars. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Eric Dooley's a good man. He's a good football coach. He's been in the SWAC all of his life, basically, uh, especially when you're talking about coaching with Grambling. He was with the legendary uh, Pete Richardson. Uh, he's been at a couple of other stops, head coach at Prairie View A&M, and now the head football coach returning back to the bluff. So we appreciate the time of Eric Dooley. We've got plenty more to come here on the program Up next here, we're going to be joined by Indianapolis Colts defensive tackle, Grover Stewart. The others pretend you're listening to the show that brings you up close and personal. Up close and personal. With the biggest names in sports and entertainment, here's the man to bring it to you, Donald Ware. Let's continue here on the program. We're joined by a gentleman in his sixth season in the National Football League, all with the Indianapolis Colts. The defensive tackle, I tell you what, he's getting it done. He had a big blocked field goal in the Colts. 12-9 overtime victory over the Broncos last Thursday. The Colts 2-2, 2-2-1 two two, two, two on the season. Going to take on Jacksonville on Saturday as Grover Stewart, formerly of Albany State, joins us here on the program. What's going on, Grover? Nothing, man. Just chilling, man. You know me. I do. We do, man, and we we appreciate your time. It's been a couple of years. We got a lot to talk about. 
Let me start with the field goals. A big-time block. The score was tied 6-6 six to six at the time. Ultimately, you guys win that game 12-9 to nine in overtime. Take us through how you were able to get your paws on that field goal. So uh, we had, like, a field goal before that one. And, um, like, I felt the guy, he was kind of soft in that gap. And I said, man, the next time I do that field goal block, I'm going to go on the same side and I'm going to just try to get through there like a couple more steps and jump up. And, like, so when I did it, man, I just felt the ball hit my hand. I said, golly, I got it. <laughs> <First one. laughs> man, how great did that? Because that was a – obviously it was a game – it was a game-changing play anyway, but when you think about the final score and you win that by three in overtime, they make that field goal. You don't get your hands on that. They make it – whether you win or lose, maybe, maybe not, but the whole game is different anyway. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, because if they would have made it, we would have been down by six, I guess. Could have made one after, so. Yeah. Instead it, of three, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with with time <laughs> late in the uh, the game. Was that your first one of your career? Yes, sir. Okay, now, did you did you get any while you were at Albany State? No, that was my first one playing football, period. Wow. I mean, that's really good. Take us through, because there's there's – it's not just brute force, right? Like you're a defensive tackle. People think it's kind of just brute force. And I think a lot of times your job is to hold up those linemen and, the you know, guys like Shaq Leonard come and make the tackles, right? But but on this situation, it was special teams. And there was a thought process there because, like you said, hey, I'm going to play this differently because I think it's an opportunity for me to get to that field goal. It's a, it's like they say, man, it ain't – all about brute force, but um, it's all about knowing the guy you're going against and, like, knowing what you could do against that guy to make that big play and to make a game-changer play. So, Yeah, and then what did it mean to you guys to win that game 12-9 to in overtime and now even your record at 2-2-1? Two, two and one? It meant a lot to the guys to know we came out with a victory, even though we wasn't hitting on all cylinders, but um, – Come out of that game winning on a Thursday night prime time. That picked the guys up, man. So hopefully everybody like stay with it and we keep going and keep going building on each week. So no doubt about it, the Jaguars are the next team up. Grover Stewart, defensive tackle for the Indianapolis Colts, joins us here on the program. Let me take you back a couple of weeks ago, uh, Grover, to the win over the Chiefs. Speak to how big a win. That was from two dynamics. One, it's the Chiefs, but two, it's a it's a win you guys really needed at that time. Hey man, that that was a great win. Like we needed that win, like due to like the comforts and all that, and like the standards. And um, B knows guys was just like, hey, they're a high powered team, like and we can like stand up against any team and like perform well. So. I thought that was a good challenge to get for us and um, a great challenge for us. And uh, we set the challenge and came out victorious. Yeah, and you guys, you know, ultimately get the win. 
Let, you know, we, when we talked last, it was 20. Matter of fact, it was, it was 2020. I think you were right. It was a contract year. It was a contract year for you. So you get that three-year extension. And a lot of, you know, there had been a lot of talk about keeping you in the value that you have brought to this Colts defense. Yeah, you may not get all of the headlines, but you're allowing for the guys that get the headlines to get it done. And the Colts ultimately rewarded you. What did it mean to you to get that three-year extension? extension it meant a lot to me man it meant that they really liked me and it meant that like I'm doing something good for them and doing something good for myself so I just come in here man I do my part man I don't be asking for all the big headlines and stuff like that but I just really appreciate them for giving me the opportunity to extend my career here because I like it here yeah, you like it now, but don't you want like do you don't you want some more of those headlines? Like you know, you all, like offensive ta- offensive linemen and defensive interior guys. Like the ends, they get some of the praise because they sack the quarterback and all of those kind of things. But man, shouldn't def- interior guys get more uh, of the recognition that they deserve? I think we should get more. But um, that's why I just say, man, I ain't going like, to force it on to nobody. I'm going to just keep working, man, keep working. They're going to keep hearing my name, and hopefully I'll be the headline one day. So that's <laughs> why I'm just keeping my head down and working. I tell you what, you get those sacks, you get those sacks. Because, see, now, let me ask you this. Shouldn't there be a, shouldn't there be a stat? Do you think there should be a stat for uh, defensive linemen, specifically interior guys, that when you tie up, you know, that guard or whatever it is, and that linebacker comes and makes the play because you were the one who tied that guy up. There should be a stat for that, right? <laughs> hey, that would be great. That would be great if they had a stat like that. <laughs> right. Wouldn't that get you guys some more money too, right? Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> Stat, look, look, it's become about the money with stats. You know, getting the money that you're supposed to get, a lot of that has to do with stats. I mean, yeah, you, you know, we need a stat like that for you guys, Grover. <laughs> yes, sir. That would be great, man. How are you, Grover, growing as a player on the field and then an individual in now six seasons in the National Football League all with the Colts? I think I'm getting better as a person, man. Like, I really, like, see myself, like, more mature and, like, leading, like, the young guys as a coach on the field and stuff like that. And uh, off the field, man, I just see myself becoming a better person. Like, I got to better myself before I can help anybody else. So that's why I think all my success coming from. Yeah, and how how are you really – you said you you really – you like – Indianapolis, you like the Midwest as a guy that really had been in Georgia or your life coming up, right? It's it's a little bit different, but you you're you're adapting to this Midwest lifestyle, right? And how are you adapting to that? Well, you know me, I don't like to do too much, and like Indy, it's big, and like some areas, it's like the country to me. So like I just stay out from the city part. I don't be in like the busy area and. Like, I just make myself feel at home, man. Like, it's big enough for me to go do stuff. And then again, it's big enough for me to be out the way. So, Yeah, just like you like it. A good balance, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. A couple of more thoughts with Grover Stewart of the Indianapolis Colts who joins us here on the program. So, Chief Flavor 
officer for 2022 uh, season at what the Lucas Oil Stadium. Tell me about about that. And you've got what this this uh, uh, what's called what Grover's Kitchen Sink Wings. Tell us about it. <laughs> Man, it's just some uh, chicken wings that I've been playing around with. Well, it's really the sauce what really make it. But um, I've been I've been playing around with like different seasoning and like different foods and everything. And uh, one time I had cut the well, I cut the guy some chicken wings and made like this barbecue sauce for the hard knocks. And uh, all the guys, they were just talking about my wings and everything. Then I had like a lot of fans hit me up, like about the wings. And uh, I said, shoot, man, I might as well just go and put them out there on the stadium. And like it was a great opportunity to get them, like so, at the stadium this year. So, man, that's all. you you along with Shaq Leonard. He has the what the um, maniac burger, I think. But look now, I, hey, look, I, I, bro, I'm getting on the grill tonight with some wings. I need that recipe, man. Can I get the <laughs> recipe? What's up? Hey man, I have to tell you, man, another day. I can't tell you. <laughs> too many people listening, right, bro? But too many people listening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Listen, your days at Albany State, man, what do you remember about those days? And, of course, you were, four, I failed to mention, a fourth-round draft pick in the 2017 NFL draft. But what do you remember most about those days at Albany State? Man, those were the good days. And, actually, this week is our homecoming week for ASU. So, man. Big game, too, Grover. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big game. <laughs> Benedict is undefeated coming into, uh, coming into Albany, man. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to whoop them, man. We always <laughs> used to whoop them back there, and we're going to whoop them now. But, man, the days of our Benny, man, was great, man. Like, the team, like, just like the surrounding was like a home, what are they, like, fam- what they were, like, family-oriented, mm-hmm. like, surrounding, and, like, it was just cool, man. Like, the days we'll go to practice, it'll be out, it'll be hot out there. It'll be, like, 1, 103, and, like, we'll be out there getting it, man. But all... We all having fun. And uh, it's just a good old day. I was talking to my guys the other day about it. I said, man, I really miss them days, man, missing the band playing and all that good stuff. So, Do, y'all, do you all have a home game on, an off, on your off week? I haven't checked yet. Okay. But I'm um, looking to it. If we do, I'm going to stop by. Yeah. Last thought, you're part of this, what I would call a newer crop of – HBCU players uh, that are really getting it done. You know, Shaq Leonard. I mean, the list goes on and on in terms of those guys that are doing well as HBCU guys. You got some newer guys that have, you know, come in. You know, your Joshua Williams is of the world that that got drafted, so on and so forth. What, what does that mean to you to be part of that, that, to be an HBCU guy playing at a high level in the National Football League and making it, better so that the guys that come after you, you know, it, it's better for those guys, right? Like now they know, we, they've always known guys can play at the HBCU level, right? But now you're part of that newer crop. What does that sort of mean to you to sort of be a a, a, uh, a trailblazer in a way, if you will? It means a lot, man, like paving the way for like HBCU because I think the HBCUs were really like overlooked. Like everybody was looking for like those big name schools and not those small HBC schools. And, um, like, I say, those are the players that you go to a small HBCU, like you'll find that one player or a couple players that's, like, ready to perform at a high level and, like, really stand out in the league. 
just like you said, Darius. And shoot, I've been standing out at nose tackle, and we both from like HBCU, so like it, it really means a lot, man. And like to put those guys on the map and like giving them chances, like that'd be great for like the HBCUs. No doubt. Uh, thoughts on J- the Jaguars? Y'all owed him, man. They got y'all the last time. Beat y'all. Beat you twenty-four nothing. You owe them. Your thoughts, man? They they got a good team though. Yes, sir. They have. They don't step it up, man. But uh, you know they always play us hard. But we just got to come back and punch them in the mouth, man. And like that's what we're gonna do this week. So. Grover Stewart, six seasons in the National Football League, all with the Indianapolis Colts, joins us here on the program. The Colts 2-2-1 on the season, a home tilt on Sunday as the Jaguars come into town. Grover, it is always great to catch up with you, man. Continued success in all you do. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm previewing the HBCU National Games of the Week. Next. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information... Log on to their website at HarlemBeerNC.com. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. Welcome back to Box to Row. In the last segment, joined by Grover Stewart, defensive tackle for the Colts, also former Albany State player, sixth year now with the Colts. Also, earlier in the program, joined by Eric Dooley, the head football coach at Southern. If you want to react to anything they had to say, hit us up via Twitter at Box2Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. A couple of things before I get to the HBCU National Games of the Week. Number one, the incident between Eddie Robinson Jr. and Deion Sanders, the head coach at Jackson State, Eddie Robinson, the head coach at Alabama State, made a lot of headlines, a lot of national headlines. And, um, man, you know, I I, I talked about this on Takeaway Tuesday, and you can go back and listen uh, to that. Now, quite a few outlets reporting that uh, Eddie Robinson apologized to – Deion Sanders, from what I saw, I don't think it, it wasn't necessarily, it, to me, it wasn't, apo- it wasn't an apology from Eddie Robinson to Deion Sanders. It was, to, to me, you got to be careful about what you, re- what you read in terms of headlines and then what is actually said in the piece. It just seemed as though Eddie Robinson was apologizing for his uh, actions and what he said, his behavior, the way that he said it. he talked about You'd have to go back and look. It's not enough time right now to get into all of it, and I can give you my thoughts. As a matter of fact, I asked Eddie Robinson about this during the SWAT call on Monday. Again, it's on our, it's on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast on the Tuesday edition. I went through uh, the questions that I asked him and what he had to say. He, but you know, I, I, Eddie Robinson Jr. felt that D- 
Deion Sanders made some comments about he was being disrespectful. I didn't I haven't seen that. I, I haven't seen that as of yet. I think a lot of this still stems back to remember spring of 2021 when Jackson State came to Alabama State. A lot of criticism by Deion Sanders after the game uh, with respect to a lot of things that happened at Alabama State. And I think a lot of that stems back from that. But I'm going to tell you this. I, I think uh, the, the pregame show uh, had a video that uh, showed Deion Sanders uh, walking uh, past Alabama State players with Alabama State players cursing at Deion Sanders. That is unacceptable. And if it's found to found out to be who those players were and exactly what happened, they should be punished. You that is unacceptable. Never should just like a coach should never talk curse out a player same thing on the other side I know a lot of people want to say well is Deion Sanders why did the players do that all of that no 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 you never do that a player should never do that as a head coach that was totally totally unacceptable and again my thoughts on the whole kerfuffle as I'm calling it uh, on the HBCU football daily podcast from Tuesday you know I gave my top five uh, players and top five teams at the midway point in North Carolina Central showing why I had North Carolina Central at number two, and I broke it down as to why I thought they were uh, the number two team behind Jackson State. Thursday night put an absolute whooping on Morgan State, 59-20 to 20 on national television. North Carolina Central is rocking and rolling. Finally, the HBCU National Players of the week, congratulations to Southern quarterback Bashan McCray and Bowie State quarterback Dion Golot. You can read more about why those gentlemen are the HBCU National Players of the Week on our website, boxtorow.com. Let's start with the Albany State and Benedict game. This game is going to be played in Albany, Georgia. And you look at both of these football teams. You look at Benedict. It's a team that's been unde- that's undefeated. You look at uh, Benedict from an offensive perspective. They're going to be able to pass the foot. They, they have a decent, uh, a solid uh, pass-run balance. Right, right. Eric Phoenix is the primary quarterback, although they use a two-quarterback system. They're also able uh, to run the football and have a lot of success in terms of doing that this year. You look at this Albany State defense. It's a defense that is was if I compare it to last year's team it was much more dominating last year okay uh one loss a loss to Florida A&M where uh the uh, Golden Rams gave up 23 points giving up about 136 yards rushing uh per game which is a lot for Albany State but still uh, I would say in the passing department pretty much uh, in terms of the pass defense, I mean, definitely getting it done from a pass defensive perspective. Teams are only averaging uh, less than 140 yards passing per game against this team. Let's look at that Albany State offense. It's an offense that is one that is balanced. 
uh, can rush the football, loves to run the football. And that's, see, that's the recipe for Albany State, running the football and playing uh, good defense. From a passing perspective, listen, pretty balanced, uh, a, a pretty balanced attack. Well, from a passing perspective, um, you're looking at a team that uh, can pass the football uh, pretty good. Uh, Dante Bonet. So my prediction for the outcome of this football game. I think that Albany State wins this football game. Let's take a look at the uh, the one of the other games, Alcorn State and Southern. Now, this is a going to be a great promises, I should say, to be a great football game as well. You're talking about a SWAC Western Division showdown. You're talking about a Southern team that's coming off a big blowout victory over Prairie View A&M, 48-13. Meanwhile, Alcorn State's just handling its business. Got off to sort of the slow start again in my power rankings. I think I had Alcorn State third or fourth. But in my power rankings, having won the last three games, including a big win over McNeese State. So Alcorn State is playing uh, some really, really good football right now. You look at, uh, let's look at that Alcorn State offense. Quarterback play starting to come around. We know what the running game can do. The running game has been absolutely tremendous. And I mentioned uh, one of my top five players. When I look at Southern's defense, I mean, it's a, it's a solid defense. No doubt Jason Dumas who came over with Eric Dooley from Prairie View A&M last year, starting to kind of play some pretty good football. For me, at least, the jury is still out on the Southern defense. Now, when I look at Southern uh, from an offensive perspective, I mean, what can I say? But Sean McCray, the quarterback, the HBCU National Player of the Week, is a guy who can really get it done with his arm and his legs. And he's really been able to get a lot of that done. I look at uh, Alcorn, that defense. If I look at that Alcorn defense, it's good. It's always been good. In my opinion, it's the better football team, runs the football well, plays good defense. That's a recipe for victory for Alcorn State. That game is going to be jam-packed. It's on the road in Baton Rouge. You already know Southern fans are going to attend the football game and Alcorn State travels well. Their fan base travels well as well. So expect that game to be sold out and expect an excellent football game, one in which I think Alcorn State will win. Our third game, Bowie State and Virginia Union. Again, continued first place in the CIAA's Northern Division is on the line. How long have we been talking about the CIAA's Northern Division? Seven, eight years now? I mean, it's it's a division that uh, continues to, to, to do well. Uh, Virginia Union, I mean, it's hard to say that the Panthers were down last year with a 6-4 and four record, but they were, and especially in that tough Northern division. Where they're back, undefeated team, Jada Byers, you heard me mention him, one of my top five players uh, at the midway point, is absolutely fantastic. He is over 1,000 yards in six games. He's gotten it done. That offensive line has blown people off of the football. Quarterback play is solid. So you're talking about a Virginia Union team that is, is very, very good, especially in the run game from an offensive perspective. When I look at the Bowie State defense, it's, it's playing well. 
and it's it's playing reasonably well. It's sort of starting to come around. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, it's a situation where you're talking about a Virginia Union run game, and you're gonna have to be able to stop the run. But this is a Virginia Union offense, I think overall, that is just playing uh, some really good football. When I look at Bowie State's offense, it's starting to come around. Dion Golat Jr. is starting to really play well. He was the HBCU National Player of the Week as well. This is a young man that transferred in from Morgan State. He's spinning the ball extremely well. The running game is is okay, but that but it's Golat that's really been able to get it done, and he's going to have to go up against the Virginia Union uh, defense that. You know, it's solid. I mean, it's a solid defense. I think Virginia Union is solid as a whole. I picked, a, I believe I picked against Bowie State last week in the victory by Virginia, or in the game against Virginia State, and Virginia State lost that game to Bowie State. It's just something about Virginia Union this year. This, I think, is Virginia Union's year. The, the winner of this football game continues on the trajectory in terms of the Northern, Northern Division crown. Meanwhile, the loser is one is not only a loss in the division, but also a game, you know, when you're talking about head-to-head. Now, remember, Bowie State does have one loss in the CIAA. But that said, I, I'm going to have to go with Virginia Union this time around. I think it's Virginia Union's time, and I think that the Panthers will win this football game. And real quick, I hope this, going back to the kerfuffle, as I like to call it. I hope this doesn't become a thing between Eddie Robinson and Deion Sanders. Much like Deion Sanders and Nick Saban able to patch things up, I hope that uh, Eddie Robinson and Deion Sanders are able to patch things up as well. Again, it's a lot to unpack. Log on to our website, boxtoroad.com, and check out the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I talked about this extensively on Tuesday. And you can also find the HBCU Football Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, Grover Stewart, Eric Dooley, for joining us on the program. For more information on Box to Row, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support your Box to Row is produced by DW Communications. Do what I got. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Do what I got. You're going to miss it. You're gonna miss it, do what I gotta